Welcome to the Dental Amigos podcast with Dr. Paul Goodman and attorney Rob Montgomery, taking you behind the scenes of the dental business world, all the things you didn't learn in dental school but wish you had. Rob is not a dentist and Paul is not a lawyer, but since Rob is a lawyer, we need to tell you that this podcast is for informational purposes only and shouldn't be considered legal advice. Listening to this podcast does not and will not create an attorney-client relationship. As is always the case, you should formally consult with legal counsel before proceeding with any legal matter. Learn more about The Dental Amigos at www.thedentalamigos.com. And now, here are The Dental Amigos. Hello, everyone. I'm Rob Montgomery, and I'm joined, as always, by the head nacho himself, Dr. Paul Goodman. Great to be here, Rob. Paul, it's good to see you, as always, and welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Dental Amigos. Today, we are joined by a special guest amigo, Oliver Canton, the owner and founder of the performance marketing agency, B1 Strategy. And uh, this uh, show has been long in the making since uh, we first, or at least I first met, Oliver at one of the many Nachos events in Philadelphia. Uh, enjoyed uh, meeting him and chatting with him about what he does and, you know, immediately realized that there was uh, a connection there and some synergies with his philosophy and how he services and views his dental clients and, and yeah, yeah. same with us, with the Amigos and, and even in my practice. So um, really psyched to have him on today and uh, Oliver and his agency assist their dental clients around the United States and they specialize in getting high value cases scheduled. Uh, and before launching his agency, Oliver worked in sales and marketing for over 15 years and led teams of up to 200 people uh, and co-founded a tech startup, which at one point raised a quarter of a million dollars in funding. He lives and works with his wife, Han. Uh, he's very active on Twitter where he shares sales and marketing insights to his 5,000 followers on a daily basis, which is uh, really cool. And well, I'm sure we'll get into that and hear a little bit more about uh, what Oliver does in that regard. But without further ado, here's Oliver Kenton. Welcome, amigo, and thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Rob. Great intro. I appreciate that. It was lovely meeting you in Philadelphia. And uh, I've uh, had the pleasure to work with, with Paul on a couple of projects and Nothing but the utmost respect for Dr. Nacho. Thanks, Albert. Well, I will always start with a hard-hitting question. If we were in your town, uh, where would we go for nachos, and what is your favorite topping? Or, you know, what is Han's favorite topping? Either one of you, what, what, what's your favorite nacho topping? Well, that's a tough question because we've actually been doing a carnivore June. So, yes to topping, no to nacho. And I don't know if that disqualifies me from the rest of the podcast. <laughs> um, we... Uh, We've done pizza, so hamburger patties with melted cheese. So that's my nacho for June. Nacho topping, uh, okay. That, that, that is a unique take on nachos. Uh, you know, we, we uh, appreciate any of our, we've, we have a lot of different people with all different types of foods. We, when we get that question, Rob, sometimes we do get people who go off script into a nacho world that's unique. I appreciate that answer. And now I know why there are synergies, because the great thing is, I could go out with Oliver and Han and we could split nachos and he would eat the, 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 uh, the meat and the cheese and I could eat <laughs> chips and the veggies. So well, like, yeah, you guys, it's perfect. You got the real Jack Spratt and his wife of nachos. So that's you ham, guys. Um, ham and eggs, you know, like it's, uh, it's perfect. What I'd like to ask Oliver as we dive into his stuff, because I've had the opportunity to work on some really cool projects with Oliver for nachos. He came to our Migos event, met you, met the nachos. 
but he first, uh, his first foray into knowing us was through the Facebook group. Uh, Oliver, what is it about the Dental Nachos Facebook group or when you were seeing what we're doing on Facebook? And I want to appreciate, if you only listen to this part of the podcast, Oliver has encouraged me to caption my videos, which has changed my life. So that is one of the greatest tips. I'm a big Gary Vee fan. I know Oliver's a Gary Vee fan too. But what is it about the Dental Nachos group or, or even me that said, hey, I want to come and see this person and see this nacho guy in person? That's a loaded question. Um, so, you know, when I launched my agency, I decided to specialize in only dental to start with. And I found clients organically through my network. And I also ran ads to get people on the phone, right? And, and discover if they could be a fit for, for what I offer. And I, you know, another organic, uh, or rather another marketing tactic, uh, which is organic marketing, um, that's powerful for dentists and for marketers, so, you know, I combed through the various groups on Facebook and I was blown away by, first of all, the size of your group, the level of engagement, Thanks. the variety of topics and the way people help each other in, you know, high level strategic considerations, but also very specifically, like most recently, right? Like I need N95 masks, who's got a vendor? So it's this beautiful community where most people come in in, you know, in discovery of help and, and offering help without expecting anything in return. And that's, you know, I'm a marketer, right? So I've run Facebook groups. I've helped clients with Facebook groups. I've never seen one like it. It's, it's something very incredible you've created, Paul. I appreciate that. One of the reason I asked for that, because it, it sets off our discussion on marketing, because I want to do the same thing in my dental office, feel like I'm approachable, feel like I'm a genuine person. And Rob and I have been friends for well over a decade. And Rob started when, our, when the Facebook group was meeting at an Italian restaurant with 50 people. And we had one other marketer like you who had picked up on this and had come to visit us and became, you know, Amigos fan and Nachos fan. It's something about the marketers that seem to notice something about the engagement, which I just think is cool. I didn't really set out to do it that way. I thought there'd be a couple hundred people. To me, I was just trying to be me, but maybe it's just an example of how being genuine or authentic in your, in conducting yourself, whether it's for your dental practice or on Facebook, just really can do some cool things like bring people from all over the world to meet you. So I appreciate that. It's, you know, uh, just the name itself, right? You have a unique concept, a unique name, and maybe we'll get into that later as well. But, you know, one thing, a couple of times I've spoken with new dentists or associates that plan on opening a practice. And one of the first things that I say is Dr. John Smith's practice is not a great idea. You're better off with a unique name, something that you can already create from day one in the optic of potentially selling your practice. And if you're going to build brand equity, your name can be attached, but your name shouldn't be the headline. So you do that well with your, with your Thanks. group. And I think that that's a lesson. Uh, that's a marketing lesson that you've implemented, whether intuitively or strategically. Yeah. To me, it's been a combination. I mean, Ross being a big helped me over the years and kind of being a great advisor and, and, you know, crafting your dental story in a certain way that you share that with your patients. And now through the power, I mean, it sounds uh, interesting, Rob, but since we've started Dental Nachos and the Amigos podcast, the, which we'll get into, the nature of social media is transformed, whether it's Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, so many different platforms. But as we sit here in the midst of a pandemic or midst of this, it's just become so much more important. It seemed more optional before. If you're a dentist, oh, you know, maybe mm -hmm. I'll do this online stuff or maybe an attorney, Rob, but now it's become a real necessity. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. But, you know, Paul, I think, and, and Oliver, too, because I have known Paul, we keep saying for over 10 years, and I think, you know, we're probably going to be like 15 or 20 years and saying for over 10 years, because neither of us can remember <laughs> yeah. so darn long. But, you know, I think what you've been able to do well, Paul, is to transfer what was that in-person energy to the the online community and to the social media community. And, you know, you've always been yourself, you know, and I think that's a great kind of segue to one of the first things that I would like to talk to Oliver about, which is, you know, when you look at organic versus paid uh, advertising or social media presences, you know, and we've had, you know, other interesting guests on the show, you know, if you look at uh, Dr. Desiree Yazdan, you know, somebody that does that organically and see what the benefit that she gets from doing it in a personal organic way, you know, there's really no comparison, Oliver, you know, like this is the kind of stuff now that, you know, back, you know, in the old days, three or four years ago, when you could pay somebody to run this aspect of your marketing and that that would necessarily be compelling. That's not really an effective way to go about this anymore, is it? Well, in a perfect world, you have, both organic and paid mechanisms to both get on the map, uh, capture attention, spark interest, and then get people to take an action. Um, I agree with you that relying strictly on paid tactics. So, you know, maybe I'll I'll start here. Uh, You know, I think anyone listening here is familiar with the Google advertising platform to some level. And everyone is familiar to some level with the Facebook advertising platform, which also includes Instagram. So um, when it comes to, you know, social media first, so Facebook and Instagram, and now, now TikTok is, is picking up absolutely incredible steam. So if you don't feature yourself, your story um, in, in a way, and, and Paul's a good example, right? If you look at the way Paul shares his life and his business, um, in a very authentic way, if you can connect with people that way, and um, that creates not only a great organic approach, so organic meaning you're not paying to display your message, uh, but it's also assets you're creating that you can repurpose into a paid advertising campaign. The thing I'll say about organic marketing is you need to be really strategic in what you're doing, both in what you're doing, where you're doing it, and when you're doing it. And, you know, for dentists, there's two things, and I don't think I'm teaching anyone anything revolutionary here, but you've got people discovering you on something like Google Maps uh, or on search engines like uh, Google. And then you've got your social media presence, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and now TikTok is, as I was saying, is picking up some steam. So the reality is on social media, if people don't already follow you, the odds of them seeing your message and you getting in marketing jargon, we would call that an impression. So the odds of you appearing on people's feeds is essentially zero. And even if people follow you, Facebook specifically, so there's a strong Um, As of now, June 2020, the Facebook algorithm heavily favors Facebook groups. So it's a good idea to spend effort in groups. Things you do on your business page or on your personal profile organically, they will not get a lot of impression. You need a tremendous number of likes and loves and comments for that to ever appear 
on the feed. And then for Google, um, organic is very important. Um, so reviews here are, are, are key. Getting reviews on Google, there's different tools that we can talk about to make that happen. Um, you want people to discover you on Google Maps and on search engines. And for search engines, so you know, search engine optimization, SEO is an enormous topic um, that, that we can get into as well. So this is definitely worth somewhere you want to invest. And this is a compounding thing. So it can take up to six months to get any good results. But I think anyone with any business, a dental practice or, or something else, should strive to get on the first page of Google with their organic efforts. And then let me know, Rob, I'll pause here. Do you want me to talk about paid or get more into organic? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, this is sort of my uh, lack of... Uh, familiarity necessarily with with the industry and jargon like when i talk about organic i guess and, and why it's so important what i'm talking about really is we're saying the same thing is with even with paid advertising your, your voice and your personality has to come through yeah. and if you're not doing things in a personal way like you know like we're just talking about the paul does you know you're not you don't get picked up as much as many people don't see it and people just kind of scroll through and keep going you know and so it's like the ability to totally outsource this stuff and 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 not have your personality attached with it or the personality of your team is really you can't get away with it anymore definitely and the only way to not feature yourself your team in advertising and win is to compete on price. And I don't think that many people listening to this podcast are interested in competing on price. Certainly you want to give great value, uh, but unless you're, you know, I'm most familiar with higher value cases like ortho. Um, you know, I have clients that have other things uh, as well, like TMJ as one example. But so unless you're prepared to really reduce your margins for something like Invisalign, the best way to get attention is with um, authentic um, user-generated content. So that can be you, that can be your team, and that, that can also be patients. So I, I will not teach anything brand new here, but testimonials are incredibly powerful. On, on Facebook advertising, you can't show before and after, but you can feature stories and you can have people on video explain their journey and show the final results and then send people to another page where there you can show a before and after of a smile transformation, for example. So definitely um, I don't see anyone not benefiting from getting comfortable on camera, getting their teams comfortable. Um, I know Paul, you have a waiver for patients to, yeah. uh, and patients no, want to do that. I mean, there's so much good value yeah. shared already. A couple of things have happened. And, you know, I've been a dental speaker for 15 years. Rob has seen me. Rob speaks. Then, you know, I started doing produce stuff. One time I spent, you know, $6,000 for a video team to do one course. This is, you know, back in 2008. I was so proud of it. Um, uh, I even sent it to, to Mary when we first met and she actually did like it. So I got that out of it. Maybe I got, you know, when I, when we're doing, when I said, Oh, this is a thing for me. Of course she goes, Oh man, that looked like a nice course. So I spent all this money to produce this major thing, but I had no way of getting it out back in 2008. Then, you know, now with your phone, it's kind of like I'm a grunge rock was part of my growing up. And, you know, people would dress in this grungy clothes, which became cool. Now, like Gary V, I promise I'll only mention Gary V 10 times, you know, document not produced. So now it's even easier because it's more authentic, the less produced that it seemed 
from your iPhone. So now the user on Facebook or on your website actually enjoys the, the video that is just sort of you and your operatory with maybe your AirPods in or your lavalier mic. And I'm taking, I'm taking five, six videos like this per week because I'm creating, I think Rob, you made a good point. And I'm the dentist. Hey, I'm, I'm, the, I'm outnumbered as usual, but I'm the dentist here. I take a 60 second video because I'm proud of the case and I want to show it to my team. That's just step one. Then I want to show it to my team and other patients from my phone, not even on Facebook. That's number two. Then number three, I can take that same video and put it on my website. If you go to PenningtonDentalCenter.com, you'll see it. And then number four, with that same video, I can give it to someone like Oliver to market my practice. So the organic content is what creates the good paid content. If you skip that part, you usually just get very superficial and fake paid content that nobody responds to. That, that's it. And you know, I'll, be, I'll add one more thing on, on that, Paul. Um, you can get some very good looking stock video footage, some good looking stock photos. But the reality is, again, unless you're going to compete on price, people will just scroll right past through. Uh, there's, you know, I, I, I've used small bits of stock footage sometimes in, uh, in ads, you know, mixed in with, uh, with organic or, or authentic content. And there's like 20 different Invisalign pictures on all the stock website photos. And I, you know, I always, you know, quote unquote, spy on other agencies, other dentists. And I've seen that same girl a thousand yeah, times. And people, people don't care, right? And it doesn't look authentic. And then the other consideration here is once people catch you with something that's not really yours, they can doubt everything else. So you have every reason to build your library of content with your phone. You don't need the latest iPhone or the latest Android. You can have a five-year-old phone. It doesn't need to be fancy. You don't need video editing skills. I do highly recommend captions. And I think we, talk, we can talk about some tools to make that happen as well. Um, but the point is you want to, as you said, Paul, document, not produce, and if I leave you with one idea, it's this, it's start documenting things and you're better over documenting and not using than under documenting and then being left with nothing to work I mean, with. I was a Gary B tip that changed my life because you know with this quarantine, I have a good one on my YouTube page saying a year ago, I never would have done this. I got a beard, I don't look right, but I wanted to share a piece of content. I want to share an idea with the Nacho audience and probably that video, if you put it up against one of my produced ones, from a speaking thing is going to get, they, they say that's the real Paul and it, it, they're both part of the real Paul. It's just that, you know, I mean, now, Rob, you've been doing more with your, your guys version of this. It's just a great way to connect with potential clients and your existing clients to just share your, your, your value. And right now it's the only way for us to do it in, in, in midst of uh, not being able to connect face to face. Yeah, for sure. And let me just say, I interrupt this podcast to make an important announcement, which is if you're using your patient's name or identity or talking about their cases in any way, you have to get a release signed by the patient. So do not document everything without the patient consenting to that. I'll add in at this resume this podcast. Maybe I'll help Oliver with his clients. You know, people say to me all the time, I've done multiple C courses on this over this. Do videos. What is saying? Every dentist, because dentists, they love to live in the lightning, not the most. What that means is most of the time it doesn't lightning. Dentists want to talk about when it lightnings. But maybe attorneys live in the lightning a lot with their challenges too. How about, here's how you don't have a problem. 
don't ask someone who's a tough customer patient to be on a video. So first I always say, would you share your case with us? It turned out so well. Here is this form, uh, Linda Harvey, one of our other podcasts and sponsors on this. And then if they say no, just don't use that person. But you know, as a dentist who's listening to this, who's gonna be great at sharing their story. If they don't wanna share their story, don't force them to, but most of the time they are honored to be do it. They love doing it, it comes out. I have some tips, I know you do too, Oliver, you've helped me, about how to bring out the best in them because interviewing them for a video is its own, is its own technique. But if you do this, you can grow your dental practice in a lot of ways for just such a reasonable cost in a fun way uh, that I'm just surprised more dentists aren't taking advantage of it. Uh, in this in this era I, I would add here you know uh, i know a lot of people have workflows or checklists add this one to your checklist right it doesn't matter how routine make it a habit every interaction with a patient you see if this is a good opportunity to get some quick footage and it's not footage to remind them to leave you a review and uh, this is this is critical to succeed long term you know, if we think of reviews, um, if you're not actively getting reviews, your competition is actively getting reviews. Some people are paying firms and software and telemarketers and apps to make that happen. So if you can make that happen organically in your practice, um, it's going to set you apart. And if you don't, it may not hurt you this month. It may not hurt you this year, but it will catch up to you if you don't get reviews. And why not mix? user-generated content, testimonials, and reviews, and use that to market your practice. And, and as Paul said, people love to share a good story. They're proud of the work that you've done for them. And Rob, I'll ask you, you know, I always use this podcast as a chance to get some free uh, non-legal legal advice. I know it's not legal advice, but as you guys work on new things for your dental lawyer, uh, the other thing I've gotten into is I take videos and I want to learn how to use videos so I can take a video of my consultation with a patient and then they can show that to their spouse or their child because what's happening to me is I'll spend 30 minutes reviewing a $50,000 implant case. The, the patient will say it's great. Then they go home to their spouse. They say, well, we're not spending that. We're not doing this. So I'd love to capture a video of me saying, hey, Oliver, we reviewed. There's three types of implant cases. Ones that say in all the time, ones that come in and out. And here's the video, but I, Rob, I do live in fear of HIPAA. HIPAA, I don't even see the hippopotamus at the zoo, way too risky. So uh, I think that this whole world of video, whether it's for the paid, paid content, testimonial sharing, and also case acceptance, because I think that would help greatly with case acceptance. Yeah, that's a great point, you know? And, you know, a lot of times with cases and large cases, uh, as you said, you may not be talking to the ultimate decision maker or one of the decision makers. And so you can make a very compelling presentation and, and give a very meaningful you know, uh, reasons for the patient pursuing that treatment. And the whole message could be lost you know, once they walk out the door. And I, yeah, I think it's, it's a great, and, and the other thing too, it's like how many times are you going to say the same thing? Right. You know, it enables you to, you know, to kind of, to, to do other things. I mean, we all just have, like, you have a certain amount of bandwidth, right? right? At a certain point, no matter, you know, how routine it may be, there's only so many things you can do in a day before you exceed sure. that, you know? And so you kind of have to like pace yourself. And if you have the ability to do it in a way that's uniform, that allows the patient to watch it at 
11 o'clock on a Sunday night when they're sitting down and, and unwinding from the weekend and they put their kids to bed and they can watch with their spouse and talk about it and get to know you more. And this is where obviously it comes into that it's you personally, you know, then it, it, it can only be a good thing in terms of building the goodwill with, uh, with your patient. For sure. No, I'll, I'll, Go ahead, Albert. Let me add something on this topic. So if you have a high value, um, you know, longer, I shouldn't say sales cycle here. I know I'm not allowed to say the word sales, but a, a high value, longer decision making situation. One idea here, so you, you can do a couple things. So um, back in the day, and I do have one client that does this, you could have in-person seminars to do a case presentation for a group, serve dinner possibly, uh, that, that could make sense. And, you know, I don't personally engage in a lot of non-digital tactics, but it doesn't mean they don't work. Some of them can work absolutely fantastic. So that's one idea. The other idea is to create, uh, in marketing, we call that a webinar. So just meaning a, a longer form video. So both uh, on your own page, on your own website, you could host a video of you talking about, you know, in no jargon, uh, very clear terms, what you just talked about, Paul, to talk about implants, for example. And you could also run paid ads to basically a virtual seminar or a webinar to get people to opt in. And they would get you, uh, you know, they would give you their phone number, their email, and then your team could follow up with them to see what they thought, to see if they could be a fit, to try and get people in the chair and present them a case. And for an existing patient that you've done that, so there are HIPAA compliant mechanisms where you could upload a video and you know have the have that password protected have that be shared from spouse a to spouse b that could be an option and there are video tools where you can blur faces so that's another way to make sure you're hipaa compliant if you were to share something not in a hipaa compliant platform but if you anonymize everything patient that could work great too let me say this because this is probably on paul's mind because we share this opinion for, for listeners out there that are thinking about possibly doing this and generating this content, it is a lot easier, especially as a beginner, to do presentations to an audience. Right. The, the muscle to, that is required to look at the screen without human beings in the room or listening to your presentation is a big muscle that is takes time to exercise and it ain't easy. Right, Paul? Exactly. That's who you start that way. And what Oliver's sharing is so valuable. I think, you know, I'm a big into words, as you guys know, you know, don't say hopeless, not a good chance of working out. Don't say fail, say replace. I love that. And I think actually dental school makes marketing such a weird thing that if you say, I want to help you with marketing, dentists say, oh, I don't want to be about money. Yet you can't, Rob has a good joke. You can't have dental without the dental office when you talk about leases, right? You literally, you can't do your work if your lease is messed up. You can't get case acceptance unless you get a patient in the door. So all these years that dentists have shied away from marketing because it made it weird, it actually is the thing that allows them to do the thing they love to do, which is help patients. So I think, you know, rebranding some of this, Oliver, as, as we've talked about already, is case acceptance for dentists because that's what it is. I mean, if I send one of my videos out on, you know, are you worried your, your teeth may fall out at your granddaughter's graduation? Are you uncomfortable eating? We have solutions for you three questions that are automatically that case acceptance is started before they come to the office. 
great. I mean, Rob, you could probably do the same thing for a lot of the things you do. You know, are you worried about signing a contract that's going to prevent you from buying the practice of your dreams? Yes, that's something people could do. Well, you know, and that's when you talk about any kind of case acceptance, too. I think that maybe this is, you know, I'm assuming that everybody realizes this, but it's really important just to be yourself. So you don't have to venture out into this world and say, like, I have to do a video like Paul Goodman, or I have to do a video like Mark Costas, you know? No, you don't. You have to just be yourself because if you're trying to put on some sort of act and be something other than what you are, when patients come in the door, they're going to meet you, you know? And if you are somebody that is a serious, detail-oriented person that may have a dry sense of humor, then that's the person that you want to come to your office. Be that guy, be that person, be that woman that, that has that personality. Project that because then they're the people that are going to come to you. Like, so if you feel like, gee, I have to go out and put on this grand production you know, to, to change who I am to draw patients, you really don't, nor should you, because you're just going to get people that may not be compatible with you anyway. You know? And so, and I, I, that's kind of like takes us to a place I want to transition just a little bit, Oliver, which is, you know, for the dentists out there that are listening, saying like, wow, where do I begin with this from a technology standpoint? Or, you know, I see these great TikTok videos where there's a dentist with all of his staff lip syncing to some song and it like, it's just looks so cool and so much fun. Where do I begin with that? You know, and, and I kind of feel like, you know, as the dentist, you don't have to put so much pressure on yourself. This is probably one of the great places to, to leverage your team's, you know, talents and interests, you know, and when I see, you know, like Cameron Stroyhan, you know, who's yeah. uh, on nachos, I love watching his TikToks. They're hilarious, you know? So, you know, anybody that shares that sense of humor, you know, they look at that and are like, these people are having fun in the office. And it's not just Cameron. I mean, he's in it, but it's all about his, his, his team. They're the ones that are driving this, you know? So I would say, you know, Oliver, like dentists don't need to be, you know, the star of that show necessarily. You know, if you've got other team members that can really, you know, project themselves and the personality and the culture of your office, then, you know, this is a great time to, to get them involved, I would think. Definitely agree. You know, when I first started looking for clients for my agency, so I looked for clients in a similar manner that I got them clients, which was primarily Facebook and Instagram ads. And how I would get people on the phone with me was, giving people a free training on how to do a Facebook live. And on my page where you could download this free document, I talked about how shy or even awkward dentists tend to do better on camera. And to your point before, Rob, if you come across as an infomercial QVC kind of guy, it doesn't really mesh well with people's idea of a medical or dental professional. So you can make fun of yourself for five seconds showing that, Hey, you know what guys, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not a Kardashian or I'm not a broadcaster here. And, and that's okay. People like that. People are not looking for, you know, Johnny charisma when they think of their medical professional. And in, I think most white collar professions like legal, right? You're, unless you're looking for a trial lawyer, the point is to be authentic and you can, you can leverage any strength and you can make fun of any weakness and it's relatable. 
think about it. Most people don't like going to the dentist. If you can say, hey, you know how I uh, don't like to be on camera? Well, I know you don't love to sit in this chair, right? That's a really easy angle. Anyone can do this. And it connects with people because it's true. And we say, you know, I know I have to do it. You can even say something like literally, hey, this is me not very comfortable uh, in my dental office. Um, you know, I spent six years in medical school and residency and internship and I was very comfortable and I have been less comfortable in the last 40 seconds than I was those six years. This is me on camera. I know when you come to a dental office, you're not loving your experience. You're sitting down. There's all these weird tools. Something like that would work fantastic. You do not have to be a star. And I even argue that if you're too good, too smooth, that could even work against you to some degree. Oh, for sure. I believe you. And a couple of things is that, you know, using the nacho example, if you don't like spicy toppings, it's just not for you. It doesn't mean you hate them. It doesn't mean that other people can't like spicy toppings. So I like Cameron's videos as well. I think they're funny. He's got a personality probably like mine. But to some people, that's not for them. Uh, that's not for them. And that's great. Gary Vee is such a good example of it. I'm not for everybody as a dentist, as a Dr. Nacho, as a broker. I have my own style, but at least I create, I'm using your word from our training, our avatar, right? Right. I, I want, right. It, and that's because it's me. And I'm okay. My grandmother very upset to hear this, but there's some people who aren't that big on me. That's okay. As a dentist, just bring this back to dentistry. That's what you want in your community. We've had so many good dentists on here, Rob. For every Todd Fleischman, who's an amazing dentist and has a fee-for-service practice in Philadelphia, there's people who want to go to a Stephen Maudner style practice. There's people who want to go to another practice. None of those things are threat should be threatening. But since we're not trained on this at all in dental school, we think it's a problem if one patient doesn't like us. And I have to thank John Coyce, Dr. John Coyce, for when I was 2004, he recommended the book Raving Fans. It's a classic book uh, that is you could read in 20 minutes, and it shares with you about creating what you do well, defining it, and then sticking with it. And I think Dennis, like you've said, Rob, Rob is like, you try to be everything to everybody and you wind up being nothing to, to, to no one. So I think- it's let, let, me add, let me add something here, Paul. You know, one way to think about all your marketing efforts, right? What you're doing for free, what you're doing with paid marketing, what you're doing with, you know, print or digital, instead of thinking of client attraction, you can think of it as disqualifying. So you want to be yourself. You want to share- what you do to a degree and without jargon, how you do it, the kind of people you serve and the kind of people that are fit and the kind of people that are not a fit. So by giving people enough to decide for themselves, is this possibly a good fit for me? And they will qualify or disqualify themselves. And that way, when people sit in your chair, if, you're talk if you talk about price, price, price in your, in your advertising, and then it's a fee-for-service practice, very high-end, very detail-oriented, spending lots of time with you, and it's twice as much as another practice, well, not great. And the opposite is true as well. If you happen to be, you know, like Stephen Montner, if you're competing on price, then definitely make that your message, right? And you can talk about, in a tongue-in-cheek way, about other dentists that will do something in three hours for 300 bucks, I'll do it for you for 50 bucks in 20 minutes. Whatever it is that you are, be that person and be consistent across platforms. Engage your team if you can. 
use patient testimonials and let people opt into your ecosystem and come visit you. Yeah, let me take it even one step further to make it easier for people. So Paul, you know, this is obviously generalizations. How many patients does a, a, a one and a half or let's just say a two doc practice, how many patients do they need to be what you consider to be a thriving, successful practice? Probably like 2,200, 2,400. I mean, 1,200, 1,200 to 1,500 patients per dentist is, is just a good range, you know, I would say. So 2,500 for two dentists. Okay. So this is easy. You know, you're trying to attract 2,500 fans. You do not need a million people to like your video or to, to like your presentation or to want to come to your practice. You don't need 10,000 people to want to come to your practice. You need 2,500, you know, which somewhat makes it easier. And I think it, to your point, you know, it, it, it kind of weeds out the people that don't want to be there. And that's okay because you don't need all these people. You don't have to be all things to all people. Because at the end of the day, when you talk about bringing patients into your practice, you don't need that many people to be successful, you know? Or would you want them? I mean, what's, what's interesting to dentists and Oliver, this is just such, this is just really will make anyone listening as a dentist perk up. And I say this all the time. If someone told me they could get me, if a marketer called me up and said, I get you 60 new patients next month, at least 60, I'd say, I don't want to work with you at all. 60 new patients. That sounds terrible. I can't manage 60 new patients in my practice, but maybe someone who runs a, a high volume PPO, that's what they love. So what's, what's interesting to me is these, Dentist, you only, focusing on the wins in your practice is how you succeed. And people who people opt out of your dental office, I've learned with Oliver through running nachos, he's helped me. In dentistry, people complain by leaving and they never come back. Occasionally, they write you a bad Google review, right? But they just leave and go to a different dentist and I never see him again. In the dental nachos world, I get a few complaints sent to me over free CE courses, right? But what's interesting is there's an inverse relationship with complaints and how much money people have spent in your business, both in dentistry and in my dental nachos world. So it just, to your point, Rob, it shows you that when you can develop these raving fans, Oliver, no, they're the ones you want to be treating anyway. You just got to manage everybody else. There's always going to be people who don't fit exactly into your model. Uh, but I just think it goes back to being on our podcast about being purposeful, like you said, and defining what you want to do. And Oliver, maybe you can share some of your stories without names. I'm assuming you probably talked to Dennis who are really great people, but have no beginning point of what they want their business to be about. So yeah, that, that's, that's a huge thing, right? So as you said, and one thing I've learned from, from you is the enormous gap between what you learn in dental school and what it takes to be a successful business owner. So this is a, an enormous topic, right? So um, let me say one more thing about that idea of attracting people. So while, um, while you want to be disqualifying people and finding your tribe, and, and Rob, I like how you quantified it. So let, let's call it 1,500 patients per dentist. And if you run a practice heavier on implants or on, on other ortho, uh, maybe sleep apnea, you probably need 1,000, right? You, you, don't, you really don't need that many fans. So while disqualifying people with your message is key. I want to emphasize the importance of trust and a lack of friction. So 
there's something I tweeted that I will read to you uh, that I think encapsulates this, this point here. So here's my tweet. The most powerful formula in marketing, trust level must equal or exceed friction. Want to capture someone's email? Increase trust or reduce friction. Want people to click a link? Increase trust or reduce friction. Want people to book an appointment? Increase trust or reduce friction. So trust you build by being authentic, showing patient results. Friction you reduce by things like online appointment booking, something like local med, by having appointment reminders by text, by empowering people to leave reviews after their visits with an automated process. So you don't need to appeal to everyone. You should not appeal to everyone, but you must make it as frictionless as possible to your true fans or your would-be true fans to do business with you. This is the lowest hanging fruit I find with new clients. I always incorporate online booking, most of the time with local med. And I always look for the various touch points and automating those patient communication sequences. This is easy. It's not expensive. And it's a five or 10x return. It's an absolute no brainer. I think we must talk about this. I totally agree. I mean, it's been, be, these things have been transformative for me as a dental professional and business owner. And I won't even bring up the money part of it. It's just the business owner uh, improvement. I mean, of course, it comes with more ROI and more production. But Rob and I know, and you know, Oliver, you talk to dentists that make three times the amount of money of many dentists, and they're more stressed than anybody. So not all mm -hmm. these things, it's not just about dollars. Dentists have this weird competition. Whoever makes the most money is the happiest. You don't find it that way. It's really about when you when we talk about running your business, it's running your business so your business doesn't run you into the ground. Unfortunately, that could be figuratively and metaphorically. So when you can imp improve your systems and workflow by doing this and getting patients to lean forward and keep up the momentum, which I talked about with local med, a great sponsor and key resource. We had Tom Brown on here. These are things where I say, Dennis, if you're listening, take advantage of these things, just like you take advantage of taking Ubers and other things that we have in this 2020 world. So let me, let me say something here. So, you know, one thing that I, I had suggested we bring up, and, and Rob, uh, you'll relate to this one. So the, the concept of working on your practice versus in your practice, right? So this comes from a, a book called The E-Myth. Uh, so working on your business instead of in your business. So even if you have no intention to retire or semi-retire, it's a very good idea to build processes that live and breathe without your direct intervention, both from your side as a dentist, um, you know, in hiring, uh, in training, in onboarding new associates or new uh, clinical staff or not clinical staff. And marketing, so a lot of dentists don't like, you know, the word sales and marketing, but sales and marketing are, are hugely important functions of any business, right? You could say they're the lifeblood. It doesn't matter how good your product is. You could have finished top of your class. You could do the best profi in the world. Not that I'd be able to know, but maybe you do. But the truth is, if no one's coming to sit in the chair, and if you can't present a case in a compelling way, then, you know, your skills and your hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loans they can be used. So it's a good idea to, even if you're going to outsource 
the entire marketing function. And even if you're going to hire someone to do case presentation, if you were the CEO of a business, you would have a rough understanding of what people do on your team. So I'm just going to give you a couple things that I, that I think you would be wise to be aware of, and I can recommend resources later and maybe in, in the notes. So, you know, from a marketing perspective, th there's really a few things that you need to think about. So the first one is traffic generation. So that means where are people getting to know you exist? And this is a word that we tend to use in digital marketing, but it's also true in the physical realm. So you can generate phone calls or emails or bookings on newspapers, on postcards, on billboards, on Facebook ads with, with SEO. So think of the various traffic sources. So that, that's one concept. Second concept is media buying. So media buying means allocating advertising dollars to various platforms. And again, this could be in the physical world at buying a postcard campaign is media buying, buying a newspaper ad or a billboard is media buying, running a Facebook ad uh, or Google pay-per-click, that's media buying. So look into media buying. The next thing is copywriting. So copywriting simply means salesmanship in print. So this is personally uh, in my life, two skills make me the most income. It's my ability to write in a compelling way. And it's my ability to conduct sales calls or discovery calls in a way that's not pressure. So I always tell a new person, I say, hey, this is going to be a zero pressure conversation. The idea here is to discover if what you need solved and what I can do can be a good fit. And that's how I would run case presentation if I was a dentist. So um, that brings me to sales. So I think every single dentist I've ever interacted with as a client at events on Facebook, the word sales is tainted to no point. The idea is simply persuasive communication. And the way you do that is you make it without pressure. You connect with the person, you discover what their pain points are, and you customize your presentation based on their desired outcome. I could tell you um, 50 different things about Facebook ads, but I'm much better off telling you what a good outcome would look like for you, what you've tried in the past, what you would achieve by solving this problem, and then telling you using your words and your goals, what I can do for you, rather than just giving you a cold pitch with my words. So the same is true for case presentation. So uh, traffic sources, media buying, copywriting, and you know, sales as a general concept, and those are four key things that I think every business owner in dental and out of dental would be very wise to explore. And uh, you don't necessarily need to read a book. There's plenty of great resources out there. Um, if you know what those are, if you know how to pull those levers, if you can identify talent to help you there, you will never run out of patience and you're building a practice that'll be thriving today and that you can sell for a nice multiple in the future. That's a great, that's great, great wrap up. I want to ask you guys real quick, and Ezra, but, but I've asked this to my nachoverse and it makes them very uncomfortable because we, I don't know why sales is actually a bad word because I want to ask you, can you help a dentist, Oliver, Rob, can you help a client? Can I help a patient? Can I truly help them if they don't spend money? Yeah. No. Possible. 
It is impossible to help someone without them spending money. So you got to get over spending money is to get them to the thing. And the reason I have so much confidence when talking to patients about implants is because I know every word I'm helping them more than they're helping me. They're giving me $20,000. I'm changing their life. Rob, they're giving you X amount of dollars. You're making an asset purchase agreement so they can buy their one thing. Oliver, they're giving you a certain amount of money per month so that they, you can bring in patients that they want to see. The things that we return for this are way more valuable than money. And I've been on the other end of that through my own coaches. Yeah. You know, let, let me add one thing here. And you know, the, the way you get away from sales being a dirty word is every conversation is going to be an exchange of value. You want to see if what you can do is a good fit. And what, what I tell people when I meet them, uh, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a coach, I'm a business coach, and, I'm, and I have a marketing agency. And I always say, look, we'll see if what I have to offer is a good fit and if a paid relationship is what makes sense. If it's not, I'll still give you some suggestions if you want to DIY. That doesn't cost me more than, than 10 minutes. And if there's another coach or another agency that's going to be a better fit, then I'll recommend them. And it's a virtuous cycle. Other people, other coaches, other agencies refer me to people where I'm a better fit and we all win. And that way, you know that even if you're selling, you're adding value and you should not feel bad in any way, shape or form in having a conversation to discover if what you have to offer can fulfill a desire or take away some pain. It's all about giving people what they desire or taking away pain. Any transaction in the history of humanity fills into one of those two categories. Well, it's it. I mean, and, and you have to just be confident in what it, what the service that you're providing, which is it's an essential service. So, I mean, you're not selling these people something that they don't need, you know, and oftentimes, I mean, it's the exact opposite. You know, you're selling them something that they do need that's going to improve their life and improve their, their health, their, their uh, self-confidence, you know, and so you be confident yourself about, about that and, and realize that you're not going like a door-to-door salesman trying to hawk some unnecessary thing. This is, you are a professional and you have the ability to change people's lives in a very significant way and, you know, realize that going into it. I mean, I think, I think that that's awesome. And I think it's a good place for us to kind of wrap things up. Uh, Oliver, if you have, uh, Anything else that you want to kind of add to that? Uh, you, you, you know, again, on the topic of, of sales, let, let's take it one, one layer higher. Ask yourself, what business are you really in, right? When you're a dentist, of course, you do dentistry. And I, I'm reminded of the example of Ray Kroc, the founder of McDonald's. So he hired a, a bright young man. He was a great uh, talent scout, and that's part of how he grew his business. And uh, I can't think of his name, uh, but... What he made Croc discover was that the real business that McDonald's was in was real estate. So it's more about time, place, convenience. And when they had that epiphany, they transformed how they ran their business. So in dentistry, you really are providing insurance against bad self-esteem, against pain, against other medical outcomes that you don't want. So you're, you're not just a car mechanic um, fixing a car. You are empowering people to have the engine that fuels the rest of their life. You, you had an example, Paul. Um, I can't think of the patient. Uh, I think it maybe was a client of yours where a smile transformation 
he attributed that smile transformation to a career trajectory that went from 5% per year to incredible growth. So, you know, as a dentist, don't fool yourself into thinking you're just fixing teeth. You are helping people be better people, feel better, look better, and be better. This is an incredibly powerful thing to do in society. And it's only normal that you earn a good living and you are doing a tremendous exchange of value. And I have the utmost respect for, for what you do. I want you to know that. Thanks. That's an awesome place to, to wrap it up. Thanks, Oliver. This is just really great stuff for our listeners to, to think about and be aware of. And so if people want to get in touch with you or learn more about your agency, how would they do that? So the best way, I think, if you're listening to this podcast, you're in the Dental Nachos Facebook group. So search for my name, uh, C-A-N-T-I-N Canton. You will find uh, me on Facebook. You can send me a message. You can tag me on post. You can do whatever floats your boat. And I will be remiss not to plug my Twitter. So Rob, my Twitter is Olivier Canton. So O-L-I-V-I-E-R-C-A-N-T-I-N. So on a daily basis, I share um, a lot of things that you can implement yourself. Uh, I think, you know, I'll tell you this. I, when I speak to 10 dentists, I probably end up working with two, maybe three. A lot of people end up doing DIY. A lot of people, uh, maybe the investment doesn't make sense for them at this stage in their practice. But if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see um, what I like to think is a lot of value in marketing, in sales, uh, in people leadership. I talk about that as well. And this is a good place to have a dialogue. Um, my, my messages are open and I'm about to do an AMA. Uh, so an ask me anything session in, in July. So if people want to join that, that's great. And um, I, I just want to say, um, I know it's been tough, obviously, and that's an understatement with recent events and the pandemic. Um, there's an opportunity to take this time to look at your business, to see what needs to be done on the business and in the business to, if you can't work full time yet, great time to polish up your skills and to do some of this stuff yourself. And if you don't do it yourself, I don't care if you work with me, but don't take marketing uh, for anything less than vital because it, it's going to dictate how much you earn, how good quality staff you can attract, how many people you can serve, and ultimately the value of your practice will be dictated by the predictability of your, uh, your monthly collection. So don't sleep on marketing. Even if you hate marketing, even if you hate sales, don't sleep on it. It's a necessary evil at worst. And it's the most powerful tool in the universe at best. Thanks so much, Oliver. That was really awesome. So many great uh, value shares for us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Oliver. And uh, all those, uh, the, the Twitter and uh, the way you can get in touch with Oliver will all be up in, uh, in the show notes. So thank you so much uh, for being with us, Oliver. That was fun, guys. That was my first podcast ever. Thank you for having me. I'm grateful. And I hope to see you in person uh, real soon. Same here. Hey, awesome having Oliver, Paul. I mean, I, I've really enjoyed uh, talking to him and getting to know him. He really has a passion for what he does and brings so much value to, uh, to the table and to, to his clients in the dental world. 
For sure. I mean, Dennis need more of this. And what, as I, we do more of these podcasts, Rob, what I find to be amazing is people like Oliver talk to more Dennis than Dennis talk to each other. So the insight that they bring from talking, you know, he says two out of every 10 Dennis work with him. Maybe he talks to 200 Dennis a year. Most Dennis don't talk to 200 Dennis in their entire life. So it's just so valuable to hear that insight and that feedback about how you can utilize these great tools to just brand yourself, share yourself and do more of what you want to do. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, as we talked about briefly on the, on the, on the show, you know, dentists shouldn't feel like they have to be the star of the TikTok video. You know, if, if you've got that, if that's your personality, great. But you don't, it doesn't need to be all about you. You know, people are coming to the office for the overall experience. So whatever that content is, it just needs to capture the culture in a real way of what your office looks like. And I would also say that, you know, I really enjoyed hearing Oliver talk about, you know, the, the working on your business versus working in your business. It's something we've talked about so much and that, you know, as a fellow professional, it's something that I have to think about every day, you know, and I think any dentist has to really realize that this is so important that they have to take a step back and worry about the marketing, worry about tracking this information, worry about running their business. It is a daily challenge. Some days it's going to work out better than others, but you have to, you can't stop thinking in that way. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to like where your practice goes. Totally. I agree. Good to see you as always, Amigo. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening to another great podcast with The Dental Amigos. And don't forget to tune in next time to have the dental business demystified. If you're looking for more information about today's podcast, you can find it on thedentalamigos.com. If you're looking for Paul, you can find Paul at drpaulgoodman.com. And if you're looking for Rob, you can find him at yourdentallawyer.com. This podcast has been sponsored by Orange Line Media Group, helping dentists and other professionals create content people love. Find out how we can help you take your business to the next level at www.orangelinemg.com. Till next time.